Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I'm here with George Mays. Good morning, George. Back again. You are back. George, look what I have right here. You see this? Yeah. George, they're, they're this not blue. is a new set of headphones. Very nice. And that was provided to us by a few people that made donations. All right. So thank Excellent. you for donating to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, able to get that final set. We got the other set. Like, what is that? Like a blue Dollar General brand? Uh, it's uh, five and below, I believe. Five and below. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> so. so now we've got the real things. Right. Uh, so very nice. Very so nice. thank you very much for donating. Yeah. Yeah, very appreciative. Very appreciative of that. Any donations help. Yeah, yeah. because we got stuff held together in yeah. tape. <laughs> we just t- taped up one of the tripods in here. Yeah, got a quarter holding a phone in. All mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Let's post some pictures later. Okay. So if you would like to donate, you can just go to our church website and you can go to the donate button because uh, this is a ministry of our church of Christ Fellowship Church. Um, you just give through our church and uh, there's a you click on that button donate. Um, it's going to take you to the screen, and on the screen, on the drop-down menu, you can select Conform to Christ. That's easy. Easy peasy. So thank you for considering that. And, of course, if this uh, has been a blessing to you, I talked to a guy yesterday, George, visiting your church, mm-hmm. long-term visitor. He's yeah. here for military. Very encouraged. He's been listening to this podcast for a long time. Okay. Yeah, so I was, uh, I, I was happy to hear that. That's so, good. Yeah. So it's uh it's nice to know that um there yeah. are there are people listening that they're find they find us through the church, I guess. Right. And then they come across the podcast and they're able to listen to it as they drive to and from work and stuff like that. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah, we definitely want it to be an encouragement and um I mean we're exposing some of the we were talking about it before. We're we're exposing a lot of the nonsense of our culture. Yeah. And um so hopefully it's beneficial for people. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh weren't here last week because uh Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. Hit a lot in Oklahoma. It really was. Yeah. It was uh, like ten days below freezing. That's like a, that's like a record. We broke a record. Around, yeah. uh, we shattered the record. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't just break it. And it wasn't just it. below freezing. It was like sub zero for a long mm-hmm. time. That was, that's crazy. Yeah. For around here. The houses aren't built for that here. That's no. why all the pipes are breaking everywhere. <laughs> right. uh, the people from the north, they don't understand. They're like, oh, why can't you people in the south just tough it out? We deal with this every year. Yeah. No. No, you don't. Because your homes are built for this. Right. You have snow machines. They're made for this. Mm-hmm. So when this happens down here, grocery stores are like shut down. Yeah, their shipments are shut down. Everything is shut down. Water tanks break. Like they they don't build for the south, like for sub freezing temperatures. Mm-hmm. So now you don't deal with that. I was uh, I was out in the parking lot on Thursday, and this was after the second round of snow, mm-hmm. and just watching people getting stuck in the street. In front of the church, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no way to clear the road. Yeah. They they do not have the machinery mm-hmm. to clear the streets. You know, so the yeah. northerners will catch you a break because you don't know what you know. <laughs> but they're like, they're like, ah, you get to see what we deal with every year. Oh, southerners can't take it. Yeah. And I just want to say, you know, hit me up when it, uh, you live in. Uh, it's 115 for 30 days straight <laughs> right. up up north. Let's see when that happens. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Right. So. Fun times, though. We'll forgive the ignorance. Yeah. 
kids had a good time out in the snow. This is the most snow I, was, I think I've ever seen living in Oklahoma. Yeah, it was like 10 to 15 inches here. And it, it stayed. It wasn't just mm-hmm. here one day and, and gone the next. It actually was here for a week. So the kids had a good I'm time. I'm glad they got to play in it. Yep. It was a little too cold for a few days for kids to go out. <laughs> yeah. But they went anyway, George. Yeah, they <laughs> they <did>. came back <laughs> in with frostbite on their cheeks. Yeah. Good parenting. Yeah, they liked uh, they liked going out. Oh, daddy, come out with us. I'll just take pictures from the from the window. Is <laughs> that <Except> fun? <laughs> Frozen fingers. Yeah. yeah, they were bundled up. They were. Uh, you remember a, a Christmas Christmas story? Yeah, that's his, your kids. his little his little kid. That's your little, kids. His little brother can't <laughs> can't lower his arms. Yeah, that's, you, yeah. that's what you did to him. <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah, we. Uh, we have snowpack on our streets, like I'm sure yours too. But I, oh, like, yeah. I got to take the dog for a walk. The dog's been so cooped up. So mm-hmm. I'm walking on it. I got my hands in my pockets. Mm-hmm. Just walking along. You know, it's a very nice evening. Sun's going down. Feet come out from under me. Oh, man. Boom. George, and I hit like right on my back. <laughs> at, I mean, flat. Well, at I, least you don't have back I, problems. I tucked, I tucked the chin. <laughs> I tucked the chin. Uh-huh. And uh, avoided the head smack in the concrete. Yeah. But I just laid there. I was, the air knocked on me. Oh, 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 oh. You know, I'm staring at the moon. I'm like thinking, oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a beautiful moon. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm laying there. I just laid in the street for like a solid couple minutes. Oh, man. I hope I hope that's, a neighbor saw it just so yeah. there was some enjoyment out of it. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, yeah. But and uh, so that's, I, hard to, that's hard to come back from. Well, I shook it off and I was like, oh, man. I'm yeah. kind of a champion. I shook that off like nothing, <laughs> and uh, go home tell Angie about it. And I and then uh, I wake up uh, yesterday morning and I feel sick. I'm like oh, I got my body aches. I, my arms are my arms are hurting and yeah. my shoulders, my back. I'm like, what's going on? This is COVID round two. <laughs> and then I and then I remembered. Yeah, uh, that's from when I fell. Right. <laughs> Pretty humbling. Can't even fall, George. Right. I can't even fall. Nope. I'm almost forty. We're gonna be. We're both. We're both gonna be forty in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's what happens when you get forty. You can't fall. You end up be consequences. I don't know about that. I've been feeling this way for probably the last fifteen years. <laughs> oh, George. Yeah, I hit about twenty-seven, and um, I just started falling apart. Larry's over here laughing at us because he takes. He, he's still marching through the wildlife refuge, yeah, like, yeah. like like twenty mile hikes. He's over here laughing. You guys are forty, and he, Larry, yeah. what, are you sixty? What are you sixty five? You're sixty eight. No way. Larry's sixty eight. He still goes on twenty mile hikes. <laughs> yeah. And then he takes a break and has a little snack for a rattlesnake. Rattlesnake snacks. Larry's as tough as they come. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, we better jump into this because it is Text Driven Tuesday, which means we're going through the sermon. Um, let's try to make some good application from it, just just have a conversation <laughs> about the sermon. So we're back in uh, 2 Peter, you're going, you're still in chapter 1, mm-hmm. and you did verses 5 through 11. Yep. So we'll have you read that passage, okay. and then I want to jump in. So uh, let's have you read, um, starting in... Uh, just go ahead and start in, in verse 5. Okay. Yes, yeah. Unless you want to go with the whole thing. Yeah, we can just do verses 5 through 11. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Simon Peter is writing this uh, to churches uh, in Asia Minor. Um, they are dealing with false teachers who are um, teaching that you can live however you'd like. 
So they're they're claiming to be Christians, but they are following after whatever desires that they have. Um, and so Peter is writing this to strengthen the, the churches under this kind of false teaching. So verses 5 through 11, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, thank you. Very good, very good. So, George, uh, before we do jump in, um, set the context for us of what came before, Yeah. and then tell us the three purposes mm. of this, and then we'll jump in. Okay, yeah. Um, so... I, what I did at the uh, the beginning of the sermon is I I wanted to make sure that we understood that the order is important, and so we can't just start with verses five through eleven and treat that like it's um, a standalone, like it, it doesn't have verses one through four um, that that come before and, and kind of ground us. And so verses one and two, Peter starts with the the content of the gospel, that we are saved by faith in Christ alone, that that we are saved by the righteousness of Jesus, not by our works. Um, verses three through four give us the power that we have um, based on the gospel. So yeah. we, we have his divine power in us. Um, so we have all things that we need pertaining to life and godliness. Um, we've been called. Uh, this is the effectual call. We have his um, his precious and very great promises. The, all the benefits of the new covenant are ours through Christ. And so we have this ability that comes not from ourselves, but it comes from God. Mm. And so when we get to verses 5 through 11 and we actually have these commands, yeah. like how you're supposed to live, <clears throat> we need to avoid the error of thinking that we're doing this on our own that yeah. we're doing this in our own strength, that we're doing this as some kind of initiative to um, to do something that that is pleasing to God on our own. It's all grounded in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so the order is is super important. You, you see this throughout the New Testament, yeah. that they, they front load their letters with the gospel. Yeah. And then based on what God has done in us, for us, um, then we're we're commanded to do something. Uh-huh. We're, we're commanded to live, <laughs> and um, so this is uh, we have to avoid that that error of saying, "Oh well, you know these these are things that we have to do on our own," and and that's an easy way for us to get burnt out. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, we're going to fail in this, and our hope is going back to the gospel, and so um, so what God has done for us leads us to this is what you're supposed to do. So you, you can't you can't uh, ignore verses 1 through 4 and just take 5 through 11 because 
then you're going to have works-based salvation. Right. Uh, but you also can't just glory in verses one through four and all these magnificent things that God has done for us in the gospel and ignore that verses five through 11 follow. Yeah. So based on what God has done for us, now we live a certain way. Yeah, which would be kind of a big, the big danger today anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, today. I mean, this was written a long time ago. <laughs> right. Same dangers apply, but we really see it in the American mm-hmm. church, right? Yeah. Or the Western church, I guess you would say, the Western yeah. church, that there's just a, a neglect of tr- or making any attempt to o- obey mm-hmm. any commands. Like, there's commands. Right. Uh, and so we, they're just kind of ignored. Yeah. And people move on with their own. Uh-huh. Self-made commands. Like people people right. have their own ideas in their mm-hmm. mind of what it is to be a Christian. And yeah. And for today, in today's world, you know, that could be a different for every single individual. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but your structure of your sermon went around these two commands. Yeah. So yeah. I, that's the beauty of expository preaching is you're trying to make your sermon outline mm-hmm. match the text right and there's two commands in the text mm-hmm. so there are two points to the sermon yeah and the first is to supplement your faith mm-hmm. is this like taking uh supplements it's like from taking GNC? some vitamins yep that's right <laughs> well um kind of uh you know in a sense because what is a supplement it's it's adding to what you are already um taking in through eating what your body's already naturally producing. Right. So you take supplemental vitamins. Like you've already got some of these vitamins that you're eating, but you take supplements to kind of build on that. Um, so these are kind of the building blocks of our faith, right? Um, going back, you, you asked uh, about the, um, the three purposes of the sermon. Right. I, I wanted to make sure that I okay, hit on yeah, these yeah. Before, I, yeah, before I go before I get into the we get into the outline there's three purposes that I I wanted to um I, that I set out for this sermon to accomplish because like you said we live in this culture where um hang on a sec I just got a note slipped in yeah we're refilling the fire suppression system uh-huh just so for the listener yeah there may be an alarm sound <laughs> <laughs> they're fill, they're filling the fire suppression and uh, there may be an alarm sound okay. as soon as they... So I'm just warning. Awesome. Just, just a warning. If you're driving, don't crash when you hear it. <laughs> right. Hopefully it won't be loud. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Yeah. We're going to be on the edge of our seat. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting for this loud, loud noise. Um, so like you said, we, we live in this culture where um, we talk about the gospel and you can go to a, you know any evangelical church and they're, they maybe are not... Um, bringing out the gospel like we would say they kind of tag it on to the end but there's this invite jesus into your heart walk the aisle say a prayer join the church and that's kind of the that's that's, it that's that's kind of it right and that leads to these these casual christians well now you can serve on the uh the pastoral search committee, right? That's right. Yeah, you can that, serve. You can serve on committees. That's what happens, right? In a lot of church. So you, you can have, teach Sunday school. Yeah, right. you can be a deacon. May may or may not even be actually a Christian, and now they're calling the next pastor, right? Um, this so, explains how kind of the we see the church in the yeah. State so you've got these you got these casual Christians. We used to talk about C and E Christians. You know, the Christmas and Easter christians they they they're gone all year but then it's easter and all yeah. of a sudden they're here that's kind of there's that's, not even see any that, yeah anymore. that's they're that's just, kind of that's kind of fading out that was just an oddity yeah that's just um it's that if you don't come the rest of the the year 
you're probably not going to come on Christmas and Easter because it's yeah. just not important. Right. So you've got, but these are people that still may call themselves Christians. Yeah. They may still claim I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and still actually believe that they're going to go to heaven. Um, you know, when they die, they're going to be with Jesus if they even think about Jesus. Um, so you got these casual Christians. And uh, so my purposes were to, one, to expose these casual Christians. So if there's someone who is, um, they're coming, even if they're coming to church weekly, but they go home and they live um, just a, this this life of... Um, a regular... A regular secular person. life. Like you're, you, there's nothing that distinguishes you from your unbelieving neighbor. Yeah, that was my life before I mm-hmm. was, before I became a Christian. Yeah. In my mid-20s. Yeah. Yeah, that was me perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'd go to church every Sunday. I knew the Bible pretty decent. Like I could, I could do pretty good at Bible trivia. Right. And, um, you know, it was kind of two lives. There's the life at home in church and then there's the life at work. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- this is ve- this is not a theoretical thing, right? Is, yeah, absolutely. Is, it's pretty prevalent. Oh yeah, and so this passage it's intended to expose that that hypocrisy, mm. um, because <laughs> you you can't get away with being a, a casual, lazy Christian and actually do what what Peter's telling us to do in this passage. Yeah. Um, but the second the second uh, is to um, you know to convict those casual Christians. Just because I say casual Christian doesn't mean that maybe you're not actually a Christian. There are those hypocrites that are not Christians. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think that uh, for a lot of Christians, there are those periods in time in your life when you, you kind of put um, Christianity kind of into a corner. Uh-huh. Um, and so this passage is meant to convict uh-huh. and call you back. And uh, so that's the second pur- purpose. The third purpose is to um, encourage Christians, because if you are a true believer, you will be convicted by this, and you will be brought back. Uh-huh. And so it's meant to encourage you to persevere, right? To obey this, yeah. Um, to uh, to do what what Peter tells us to do, right? And uh, in that way, like he says in in verse ten, to confirm your calling and election. Right. Um, so it was meant to not just. It's not just a hammer, right? <laughs> Beating people over the head. You might not be a Christian, um, but to encourage them to supplement your faith, right? Confirm your calling and election. Um, obey, obey, and true Christians will hear Christ's voice and they will follow Him. They will obey. Mm. So those were the three purposes. Yeah, it's good. Right, and so the the structure goes around these two commands, mm-hmm. and this first one is to supplement your faith, right? Yeah. Um, so this um, the, the the Greek the Greek idea behind this was um, like a benefactor. The word supplement. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this idea of um, like a uh, this benefactor who is um, providing for like a play. So you've got actors that want to put on a play, but surprise, surprise, actors are broke. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and so you have uh, you have this. This person who will um, give give the money that you need to put on the play, so they're they're supplementing what's already there. So you've got the actors who can put on the play, but it's it just be them in their you know, street clothes, right? <laughs> you know, uh, so the the benefactor he would um, he'd provide the money for the set and the costumes and uh-huh. the, the venue, right? So um, this you're you're supplying. 
um, based upon what you already have. Uh-huh. So the gospel is already there. So he, he says in verse five that for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. So your faith is already there. Right. The, the faith comes from God. Um, and now you're supposed to build on that. Yeah. So you have to make effort to right. build on this. I, I use the illustration of my kids like to use Legos. They uh-huh. like to build with Legos. These are, the, these are the Legos of the Christian faith. They're the building blocks. So you, you already have the foundation. Are we still allowed to play with Legos? They're not like racist or anything? I, I don't think so. I haven't, I haven't heard anyone cancel, cancel Legos yet. I know Matt's racist, so I figured... It certainly is. Probably you know, Legos would be too. Yeah, you're trying to get me off into chasing rabbits, Jay, because I've got some things that I've heard just this, <laughs> just this weekend. Oh, well, let's save them. Okay, let's we'll save, save them. them for free for all Friday. <laughs> all right. But this is... It, we've got the foundation of our faith. We've got the gospel, and that is God. God has done this. And now we have to make effort. And I think that, um, you know... It's like taking I'll, vitamins, right? You, yeah, already, you, you, already have, you already have, like, your body's already producing this yeah. stuff, but you take supplements to... Amp it bo- up. Boost that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're... Um, and I think that for a lot of Christians, and I, I think even for me, going back 10, 15 years ago, if I would heard someone say, you got to make effort to build on your faith, the first thing that I would have thought of is, man, this is works-based salvation. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't what the Christian life is about. It's that, uh, you know, Jesus take the will kind of mentality, let go and let God. Yeah. That's not biblical Christianity. Mm-hmm. Biblical Christianity is um, God has saved you, and he saved you to do something. Mm. And so here you're you're supposed to do something. You're supposed to work, and if you don't, you're disobeying the the commands of of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, the scriptures are filled with imperatives. Those are commands. Yeah. And There's a great C.S. Lewis quote. I'm thinking of. You might have had it in your notes. I can't remember how it goes, but it's something like, um, "Good works isn't." A basis for salvation, but good works is a symptom. I saw that quote. Yeah, I saw that quote. Something like that? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Symptom of salvation? Right. I kind of like that. Yeah. And um, that's what what this is. We've we've been saved. So based on verses 1 through 4, for this very reason, he says in verse 5, supplement your faith. Yeah. And so you're supposed to build on it. You're supposed to, to add to your faith. You're leveling up. That's right. <laughs> that's a that's a video game term that's right. for the youngins. <laughs> the old older folks they might not know what we're, what what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you play um if you play games where you're building, you got to level you got to level you got to build up your character. It's it's called grinding, right? Mm-hmm. You got to grind for those levels. Um, that that's kind of the the idea of what you're doing here because it's something that you continuously are doing. You're it's pursuing not, it. It's not a one time thing. And I'm I'm afraid that for a lot of Christians they view salvation as this one time event, like you, um, the the Southern Baptist Convention they used to push this. I don't know if they still do, but years ago you had to have your you had to have your time and place, right? Yeah. When, when yeah. did you become a Christian? Yeah. What 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 was the day and the hour when you became a Christian? Right. And that can be really discouraging for yeah. a lot of genuine Christians sure. because not every Christian knows know the, that, the, yeah. the the exact day that they became a Christian. They call it a sunrise conversion. Mm-hmm. It's like the sun breaks through, but right. the light's there. But where's the sun? The sun, and you don't, you know, you don't really know. And exactly. that's gonna, and that's going to be the case for a lot of that's a lot of people. a lot of people who are who grow up in Christian households. Um, I I would suspect that um, 
like my kids maybe will not have like a day that they become a Christian because they've just always been learning and it just dawns upon them one day. I, I believe this. Right. <laughs> Jesus is my my Lord and Savior. Um, yeah, but uh, that that idea that it's this one-time event, you walk an aisle and you say a prayer and that's that's your time and place, um, it gives this this idea that um that you're done. It's yeah. And that's that's not what Peter is encouraging believers to do. Make every effort. Yeah. This is the idea of it it takes it takes um work. It takes blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. It, you know, it's like when Paul uses his race metaphors. You don't jump out the gate and then just like stop and <laughs> right. look around at the crowd. Yeah. Like you run. You run. To the end. I mean, look, yeah, you look at the the illustrations that he uses. He uses a soldier. Grinding it. Yeah. You're grinding. That's, that's your life is a grind. Right. That's it. It's not a one time yeah. you enlist and sit back and wait for a battle. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're constantly doing something. Mm-hmm. A farmer. Yep. Think of the the failures of crops. If a farmer just planted the seed and then he went in his house and and binge watch netflix every day yeah like that's not what a farmer does yeah. um yeah running a race an athlete um you, you can't you can't be lazy this this is not this is not weekend warrior stuff yeah that's why jesus uses the term follow me and mm-hmm. it, it entails some type of activity follow me daily yeah you don't follow him he's gonna leave you behind yeah Follow me daily. Well, not that he would actually he, leave what he a says. sheep behind. Right. You know what I'm saying. Every <laughs> illustration fails at some point. Right. But if you're not following Jesus, then yeah. you're not with him. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like he's on a mission, and yeah, you got to uh, take you, you got to take up your cross and follow him daily. Yeah. You have to die to yourself daily, and um, this is not something that you just fit it in whenever you have time. You've got your hobbies, and you got your you know you got your job, and you've got all these errands that you have to run. And maybe if I have time, I'll fit in. A little quiet time. Yeah, like that's uh, the Christianity, the Christian life. It's if you view your life as as a circle, um, and you've got all these things that are kind of orbiting your life: school, yeah. work. Uh, the kids have you know practice. Christianity is not one of those orbs that's that's you know orbiting your life. It is your life. Everything else orbits around that. Right. Your, your faith is central to everything else that you do. And so um, Jesus is called the sun because everything orbits around him, mm-hmm. right? Like your, your life, everything that you do, it should, it should be impacted by the fact that you're following Christ. Yeah. So walk through these chain, this chain of virtue. Okay. Um, and, and I don't think that this is meant to be this exhaustive list, right? Obviously, he's not he's not hitting on everything, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that the order is um, the the main importance. Right. I, I don't think that's the, the the main thing we need to be looking like. Okay, how does how does virtue um, turn into knowledge? Yeah, I, I don't think that you're you're necessarily building chronologically. I, th- I think it's more like the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, like there's there's not really an order to the fruit of the spirit, as right. if well this one's more important than this one. Right. This one leads to this one. I, I don't think that's what's going on. I, I think he's just here's the things that we need to be building. 
uh-huh. and it's kind of this general this general idea of of what the Christian life looks like. Yeah. Um, so he says that we're supposed to supplement our, our faith. So the faith is already there. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't produce faith. Faith is something that God gives to you. So yeah. it's it's the it's the very base that you're building on. Um, you supplement your faith with virtue. Um, this is the word that's used up in verse three: excellence. Um, it can be translated as moral 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 excellence. Uh. Um, so moral moral purity. Okay. Um, so we need to be. When we see the holiness of of Christ, um, that's not going to leave us unchanged. And as a Christian, we're going to reflect that that moral purity. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start to be good. Yeah. Um, I saw this list, and and really, it's, I mean, God God is producing these things. That's right. <clears throat> I should have saved this. It was a uh, a testimony of a young lady who was a devil worshiper, but okay. she said, you know, I'm a devil worshiper. I don't really believe in the devil. It was right. more like rebellion against uh-huh. God yeah. type thing. Right. Uh, she said, you know, she back then didn't even believe in God, so mm-hmm. it was really like rebellion against who knows what. It's all, <laughs> right. you know, messed up, but, yeah. I mean, she looks, I mean, terrible, mm. you know. It piercings all over the place, tattoos everywhere. Um. Or maybe it was pain, I don't know. But, I mean, she looks goth, very goth, very demonic, Mm -hmm. the picture. And she said, you know, Christ rescued me from this. She didn't go into detail about how she heard the gospel, but she said, uh, Christ rescued me, became my Lord. And then she starts listing these things. Mm. I stopped uh, doing drugs. I stopped fornicating. I stopped this. And it's just this big list of yeah. like the things Paul says, Christians, you were rescued from these right. things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's exactly what George is talking about. Yeah. Stop this, stop that, stop that. Like, like people don't just wake up one day and say, I'm gonna stop all these things today. <laughs> right. Because they love the they love those things. Yeah. That's what gives them joy and pleasure and or temporary happiness and pleasure. Yeah. And then they find a greater joy mm-hmm. and all those other things go away. Right. Um that's that's a gift. Yeah, that's given, and so Christians are to pursue yeah. that type of p- moral purity. Right, they're to, that's that's what marks the world, right? Mm-hmm. And we are flee away from that those yeah. things. Yeah, I think that uh, especially in the reform camp, we um, you know we 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 teach the the biblical concept of total depravity. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us, we still hold on to that after we're Christians. Like Christians are still totally depraved. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying. I do know what you mean. Um, we're not. Like we've been rescued. Right. We've been born again. We've been regenerated. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're not a slave to sin. Sin does not. Christ has broken the power of sin uh-huh. over your life. Now you're you're still going to sin. You're you still have the old man waging war against a new man. Mm-hmm. Um, but the power of sin has been broken over you. And the Christian is not in, um, they're not alienated from God anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's what total depravity is. Yeah. It's this blind yet willful rebellion against God. The mm-hmm. Christian is not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, so we should pursue virtue. So we, we have to be careful in all of these, you know, ideas that we're tossing around, um, not to be trite, right? And to have you know, theological um, ideas, categories. Um, but 
a Christian should pursue being a good person, mm-hmm. right? Right. That's what that's what it means to be virtuous. You're yeah. a good person. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of people that think that they're good people because they're you know they're kind and they you know they're they don't cheat on their taxes and right. they don't cheat on their wife and things like that. But for a Christian, when when I say you're pursuing being a good person, it means that you're reflecting the character of God. Yeah. Like the image of Christ is being renewed in you. Mm-hmm. And so you are supplementing your faith with virtue. Yeah. With this this moral goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should be pursuing that. That that's um we shouldn't be lazy about it. Yeah. And uh, you know be comfortable in our sin because well I I asked Jesus into my heart so I get to go to heaven when I die. Mm-hmm. Like we need to pursue moral goodness. Right. Um, but on top of that, we need to pursue knowledge. Mm-hmm. So supplement your virtue with knowledge. And uh, we've we've already seen this idea. This is one of Peter's favorite terms in the letter is knowledge. Um, we have the knowledge of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, we're to grow in that knowledge. Um, and this is not just head knowledge. Like we can be really, uh, we can get real comfortable with our head knowledge because we like to read books, right? So we yeah. fill up our head, our head with with knowledge. That's not what Peter means by knowledge. He means this knowledge that is personal, that's intimate, it's relational. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we get to know Christ, get to know Him more. Um, it's again, it's not a one time thing. If I stopped getting to know my wife on our our marriage day, I'd be a bad husband. And we'd have a bad marriage, yeah. And our marriage would fall apart. Um, the the which you know, ha- the, which the, does happen. The it it's does. Like, it's like the uh, the 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 people stay married until their kids graduate and go to college, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "I don't even know you. You're a stranger." Right. The, the only thing they had in common was kids. Right. Yeah, um, you'd be, you're but, not a good spouse if you're doing that. Yeah. But the mission of a husband is to get to know his wife and to continue knowing his wife. Yeah. Um. And because we change over time, mm-hmm. so you have to keep up with that. Like you got to keep knowing your wife. Um, now Christ doesn't change, but He's infinite, mm-hmm. and so you're never going to run out of things to get to know about Christ. Right. Um, we we know His His love. We know His grace. We know His patience. Um, in the gospel, but the longer you the longer you serve Him, and you get to know Him, you know more deeply the love of Christ, you know, more deeply the mercy that he has and the patience that he has um, towards you. Yeah. And we'll never run out of that um, for all eternity because how can you, how can you exhaust an infinite being? Mm-hmm. Um, his, his mercy is infinite. Um, and so we get to know him. We, we continue to know him. And we do that by going back to the scriptures where he's revealed himself and we can get to know him more and more and more. And um, that just never ends for a Christian. And if you if you get lazy and you stop getting to know Christ, maybe you didn't know him in the first place. Mm. Um, because once you have a glimpse of Christ, how can you ever stop wanting to know more about who he is? Um, so we have to, to supplement our faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control. What happens to a lot of people, I think, in our in our world is the excuse is used that they've been ch- hurt by the church mm. or people in the church, yeah. and then they then they like leave Christ. <laughs> right. But you don't you don't leave. You shouldn't leave. So I mean, maybe you're listening. You shouldn't 
hold against Christ the failings of right. people, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't fail. He's he's never left a single one of his own. Yeah. He's always faithful. He's always good and merciful and gracious and lovely. And oftentimes, church people, we don't reflect him like we should. Right. Um, and But don't use that as an excuse to leave him, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, next is self-control. This is restraining your uh, your emotions, your impulses, your desires. Um, Western Church has a big problem with this one, right? yeah, because we've adopted the world. Yeah, we've we've adopted our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, our culture has no self-control. It just indulge in whatever. Um, usually, when you see self-control in the in the New Testament, you're usually talking about sexual immorality. Yeah, um, which. We we can never tire of calling people to sexual purity mm-hmm. um, in the church because um, people in the church are sexually immoral. Um, so we've got pornography that runs rampant in the church. Um, we've got people having sex before they get married in the church. Um, we've we've got to pursue self control, and um, and again we have to make every effort for it. Mm. Right. This this isn't something that you can just fall backwards by luck so, <laughs> in the so, sexual purity. You have to pursue it. Here's a rabbit trail worth pursuing. Yeah. I've seen a lot of women blasting the Billy Graham rule. Yeah. Sexist, misogynistic, mm-hmm. and right. whatever. Yeah. Um, or what Mike Pence does, mm-hmm. which is not to be alone with another woman. Right. That's not your wife. Yeah. That's not just for men, by the way. Yeah. I just want to bring that up to those who say it's misogynistic mm-hmm. because women are sexually immoral too. Right. It's to keep people from doing what they do yeah. when they're alone. Mm-hmm. Right. It's to protect moral purity. Yeah. It's the safeguard. It's and it's not just for men. Right. It, it's for women as well. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up and say yeah. it's not a bad idea. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's not because you view the other sex as like an object or something like that. It's because you know that the human nature, right? The and, world hears that and they think, "Oh, well, he must just think that he can't control himself around a woman." Yeah. Well, what about the woman? That's right. my question. Um, you don't give your flesh any opportunities. Yeah. Right. Because we need to have an accurate assessment of ourselves. Yeah. Um, we we sin. Yeah. And um, the reason we sin is because we like to sin. Yeah. And sometimes um, opportunities arise, and you may have a moment of weakness. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good to pursue self-control, to pursue these... these um, and to have safeguards. Yeah, to have safeguards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like people have more... They have more patience with an alcoholic than they have with sexual immorality. Yeah. Um, they'll 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 say, well, it's you know, you, you don't if you're an alcoholic, you don't want to go around a liquor store, right? <laughs> and they have like they have understanding about that, but um, they they scoff at people wanting to put any kind of you know fences around their life to safeguard their their sexual purity right yeah 
it's yeah. not it's not bad it's not our culture has moved so far beyond yeah. they they think it's mm-hmm. what would would have been normal for feel like 25 30 years ago is seen like as weird and yeah you know, all, it, all kinds of sexual immorality and perversion yeah. is viewed as normal yeah and the weirdos are the people that um say maybe i shouldn't be alone with a woman the same <laughs> like like where do we it's like, the what, same what kind it, of culture are we in where that that's that's what you want to criticize yeah. and there's there's all kinds of of just degenerate yeah sexual things going on yeah. in our culture and and people don't even bat an eye they don't care no so yeah i i just wanted to, to i just brought that up because yeah. the people I, that i you know that i'm seeing criticize this these are christian people yeah these are christian women right uh, that are saying these things, and yeah. uh, but I, I think that that's good. I mean, because the world is going to look at people that follow like a Billy Graham rule, um, and they're going to think that they're they're prudish, misogynistic, um, just a guy, a guy who has no self control. Like Which, they're they yeah. they they view that in the opposite way of what it actually is. Like this is a guy who has self control, but they're viewed as someone who doesn't have self control. You know that Billy Graham rule saved him once, right? Did it? Yeah, they they had staged. I'm pretty sure they staged when he was going to walk into his hotel room. Mm-hmm. They had a woman set up in there and a photographer. Oh yeah. And it, so he walks into his room, but there's another man with there's other men with him because uh-huh. he he never would be alone. Right. And if he wouldn't have followed his own rule, he right. would have been entrapped. Right. You know what I mean? Wow. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, saying this is, it, I want to encourage young people because I know there's young people that that watch this mm-hmm. and, and encourage you. It, I would rather be called a prude and misogynist than to fall into some kind of sexual temptation and mm-hmm. sin. Like don't don't let the world shame you into thinking that you're the weirdo. Right. That there's something wrong with you for wanting to pursue, pursue purity. Pursue purity because you're pursuing Christ. Yeah. And uh, Jesus says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God." Yeah. And what what price can you put on that? Like here's infinite worth. Yeah. Like you can you can spend thirty minutes looking at um, women on on online. Or you could pursue purity and see God for all eternity. Uh-huh. <laughs> like which one is, which one is is greater? Yeah. Um, so don't 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 make the world don't let the world shame you into thinking that there's something wrong with you that you're you're some yeah. kind of prude. Good. Okay. Let's uh, let's let's wrap this section up. We got to move on to the second one because we're going long. We've yeah, been, we we've been out for two weeks. We've we have. Been, we've yeah. kind of lost our rhythm. I think. Well, I went long on this sermon. I actually had to cut out about a page, page and a half of my notes on the fly yesterday okay. because I was looking at the clock. I was like, I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get this. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. So yeah, it was it was a little bit longer than than usual. Um, steadfastness. That's just the idea of perseverance. Mm-hmm. Again, this idea that this is not one time. You have to pursue. You have to pursue this. You have to persevere in this. Uh, godliness. This is um, uh, again another word that we've we've already seen um, up here in, in verse three. His his divine powers grant to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a word that can be translated as piety. Yeah, to, to be a pious person. Mm-hmm. That's a word that's fallen out of use, but I think we can bring it back. Mm-hmm. You need to be pious. Um, it it literally means good worship. Yeah. Um, we're we're worshiping God with our lives, with our bodies. Are we giving Him good worship? We need to pursue godliness. Mm. Um, I, I like that chapter three, verse eleven. He actually uh, brings out the um, 
the second coming as a reason why we should pursue godliness. Mm. Christ is coming. There's there's going to be future judgment. Be a pious person. Pursue piety and godliness. Yeah. Uh, brotherly affection. That's the word Philadelphia. Brotherly love. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we ought to have a, uh, a a particular love and affection for Christians, mm. for our church. Um, you know, I, even just this last week, I saw people posting on Facebook about you know, kind of kind of uh, degrading the church. Like I've been hurt by the church. This is why I don't go to church anymore. Like we need to pursue brotherly affection. Like we we shouldn't be criticizing the church. Um, I've been in I've been in enough churches that are filled with people that criticize everything that's going on. Mm. Like that's that's not what we need to be doing. Um, the church, the people of of God, they are the people that Christ purchased with His own blood. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go around criticizing someone else's wife. Mm. <laughs> why? Do I, why would I feel comfortable criticizing the church? Like this is Christ's bride. Yeah. Um, I need to watch my mouth when I talk about the church. Mm. Um, the church is not; it doesn't exist to um, satisfy my needs. To you know, it doesn't exist for me to get everything that I want. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's how people act around the church. Yeah, like this is Christ's bride. We exist for Him. When uh, when I was associate pastor, um, my job was to take care of a lot of administrative stuff. Mm-hmm. Not here. This is a former church. Uh, I still think it was a, it was a good church. Yeah, but I felt I feel like after a while, like my job was just taking all of the criticism. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is my role, so I can protect. <laughs> I can protect the the preaching pastor from yeah. it. Right. And man, I just it just wore me out, dude. Yeah. Just and it was always the same people, mm-hmm. but after a while, it's just like, oh man, like, <laughs> yeah. Are are you just like sitting around inventing things to complain about? Yeah, that's not that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Mm. Um, and then finally, love. This is the word agape. Um, I think that this um, this extends outside of the church. Like we're we're to love the people in the church, but we're to love people outside the church also. And um, I think that that means that we need to love them the way that God loves us, um, not ignoring our sin, not um, you know, not affirming our sin, but sending Christ. And so, how do we love our world? We love them by bringing the gospel to them, right? Yeah, good. And being patient with them the way that God's been patient to us. So now we move on to the second command, which yep. is. I believe you had it phrased as to be all the more diligent or strive. Be diligent to confirm your faith. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the same word that's used in verse five. In verse five, it's not um it's not a uh it's not a, a command. Mm-hmm. It's the same word though. But uh here down here in verse ten it, it is a command. Therefore, be all the more diligent. Yeah. That's one word Conf- in the Greek. To confirm your calling and election. Yeah. So here we have this word. You said, hey, here's Uh-oh. this word. Uh-oh. <laughs> that, uh, All right. Some uh-huh. just pretend aren't. it's not in the Bible. Yeah. Or just redefine it. Yeah. Like, you, you can't ignore the fact that the word election is in the Bible. And it's not an English word. It, it, it's from the Greek. 
eclectos. Yeah. It's just bring it over. It's elect. Yeah. And um, that's that's um and you know, we can't we have to avoid this idea that we can just make a word mean whatever we want it to mean to fit into our system. Like what does election mean? We live in America. <laughs> if anyone should know what election means, it should be the people that have elections every two years. Yeah. Right? Um, it's choosing someone. Yeah. And it's not based upon them choosing us first and then we choose them. We 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 the people decide who is going to hold the office, right? Mm-hmm. Well, God doesn't look down the corridor of time and see who's going to choose him. And then in response to that, he chooses them and, oh, we call it election. Right. Like that's, that's not... That that's not the meaning of the word at all. It's just it's philo- it's philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's just reinventing a concept. It doesn't right. even it doesn't it make doesn't sense. Doesn't even mean anything. Then, mm. um, like, what's the word like, election even mean? If if we're if we're, if we're just choosing God, why why this emphasis on this word at all, at all? Yeah, you chose God, then therefore God retroactively yeah it chose you. it rips it rips all the meaning out of the word yeah there's no force behind that word nothing, anymore yeah, you confirm your, what would that even mean to confirm your election who knows make sure that you're make sure that you it it, it would cause this kind of inward reflection did i really mean it when i it's like it makes no sense yeah. it's like uh the reinventing words today where they say like men who have babies <laughs> right like what yeah we're just making stuff up now yeah that's kind of what almost what happens when you try to reinvent the word election mm-hmm. and to mean something else. Right. Like it just means what it means. Of course this really grates against your human nature, right. doesn't it? Yeah. Because we so desperately want to be master and commander of our fate. Yeah, we want to be in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um the the uh, New American Standard makes it a little more clear uh confirm uh his calling and election of you. Mm. <laughs> it's choosing of you. Right. Um so they they're trying to make it more explicit, though that's that's not the most literal way of of translating the Greek, um, but it's bringing out the idea of what election means. Yeah, I think maybe people people think like, oh man, it's, this is gonna this this teaches like there's some virtue in you or whatever. It's why God chose you instead of other people. Yeah, but that's not really it. It's mm-hmm. like you're the last kid that gets kicked that gets picked <laughs> for a dodgeball right. or a kickball. Uh-huh. Like you're the last kid, the scrawny kid, mm-hmm. um, and and God picks you. Right. There's nothing in you that yeah. God like that would help God. Mm-hmm. He just decided to set his love on you, right? Because he wanted to. Yeah, and he can do that because he's God. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, and he's wise. He he does it according to his own wisdom. He doesn't do it based on anything that he sees in us. It's based upon his own choice, his own purpose. It's pure, it's, it's why it's called grace. Yeah. He's got a purpose. Again, if you redefine a, the word election, you're going to have to somehow redefine the word grace, no? Right. Yeah. Because grace can no longer be grace if God's choosing you based off your choosing of him. Mm-hmm. So he sends Christ because he knows that you're going to choose Christ? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. And I think that a lot of people, they the, the critics of this, they say, well, it's just arbitrary. And God just arbitrary cho- arbitrarily chooses people. He has a purpose. He mm-hmm. he he. he He's choosing based upon his own purposes. Now, just because that purpose isn't, he saw that you would choose him, and so he chose you, doesn't mean that's arbitrary. Like he, right. he chooses based a, a, according to, according his, to, own to his own purpose yeah. and his own wisdom, and um, those are his. Those are his own, his own purposes, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have to tell you why. 
<laughs> he does what he does. And everyone is undeserving. Yeah. That's the other thing. Right. Like, the, the people, there's like not there, it's not like there's two groups of people, the deserving mm-hmm. of being chosen. And there's just one lump of yeah. the non deserving. Right. And he chooses to rescue some. Yeah. And if he didn't choose us, then we would all perish mm-hmm. because we're certainly not going to choose him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you say that there are people that will choose God, you're going against explicit teachings in the in the scriptures no one seeks god mm-hmm. no not one and, well people uh, seek uh god lowercase g that's right because people are we're spiritual beings they seek the benefits yeah they seek the benefits of god yeah and this is how you see i mean idolatry all over mm-hmm. the bible because people lo- we're wired for worship right and so we'll seek after gods of our own liking yeah um the god people usually won't seek after is the one that's Totally all powerful, all <laughs> yeah. sovereign. The right. one who does whatever he pleases. Uh-huh. Um, that's the one people like to shake their fist at. Right. It's because he's the real one. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> because he's the true God. Yeah. Uh, he's not an idol of our own our own imagining. Uh-huh. So we're supposed to confirm our our calling and election, yeah. and that word, um, it uh, is tr- it's translated in um, in Hebrews as prove. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of the idea behind it. Um, you're to prove your calling and election, right? And uh, that's 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 where we go back up to verses five through seven. How do you prove your election? Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, like Spurgeon said, if there was a, you know, if, if everyone had an elect stamp on their back, he'd be lifting up people's coattails to see who the elect were. Is that, you know, is that what we do? We prove it by showing. Through our actions, mm-hmm. like if you if you've been saved, if the things that he's written about in verses one through four are true, that he's giving you this divine power uh, for life and godliness, if if you have all of his precious and very great promises, then it ought to show. There right. ought to be some kind of of evidence for this. Mm-hmm. I left this out. It's it's in my notes, but I left it out in my sermon because we're running out of time. Mm. But I I. Put this is why I don't want to have anything to do with um, arrogant, obnoxious Calvinists mm. who talk about election all the time, mm. but they're jerks. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is this is this oxymoron. Yeah, like this this graceless Calvinist. Yeah, that's an odd thing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this this gracelessness, which does mark those in, a lot in the Reformed world. Yeah, it, it's similar. It's odd that I was thinking about this today. Now. It's almost providential. Um, it resembles cancel culture. Okay. Graceless, merciless. Yeah. Law. Yeah. Right. They redefine what their law is, but it's merciless, graceless, and there is someone who's that way, and it's Satan. Yeah. And so he has acolytes in the world, and it's the cancel culture. Yeah. So if you're a graceless and merciless, raging Calvinist. Yeah. You may be more like your father, the devil. Mm. Wow. No. Yeah. Because believe it or not, there are theological geniuses. Oh yeah. That don't know Christ. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that's not how you prove your your calling and election. It's mm-hmm. not through your theological knowledge. It's not you know I can ace a Bible trivia. That's that's not what it means to prove to confirm your calling and election. It's all based in the context of this passage. Like verses ten and eleven, are are they're they're drawing us back up to verses five 
through seven. And if you are a genuine born again Christian, you're going to prove that by supplementing your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, right? You're going to start to look like Jesus as, right. he, as he walked this earth right. as a man. Yeah. You're going to um, start to look like him. Albert Martin, he, he wrote a little book called The Practical Implications of Calvinism, and he's just walking through this. This is his whole, his whole point, is if you're a Calvinist, I'm not asking, have you read all of the, the, you know, the great Reformed writers? Um, I'm asking, have you been transformed by actually uh, seeing God? Mm. Like, have you actually had a vision of God? Would you, but Do you, you actually know that God saves sinners? You don't mean vision, right? I got to clarify it for people, right? <laughs> right. Like, like, we don't, like you, yeah. you actually have seen Christ in the Scriptures. Yes, that He saves sinners based purely on grace. It's not based on anything that you've done. It's not even based upon you trusting Christ. Like, mm-hmm. the, your faith even is a gift of God. Um. That's what that's what he means by a, a Calvinist. I, I'd recommend anyone who is a Calvinist, even even critics of Calvinism, I would recommend pick up this little book, The Practical Implications of Calvinism, because um, he blasts these arrogant, obnoxious, belligerent, quote-unquote Calvinists mm. who take pride in their knowledge but don't actually prove it. Like We talk about election because it's in the Bible, but what does that mean? It means that God graciously saves sinners apart from anything that they do. It's all based upon Christ, and if that's the case, then what kind of people should we be? We should be the people of, of verses 5 through 7. Mm. Should be gracious. And so we prove our calling and election mm-hmm. by our lives. Yeah. Jesus says that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Yeah, like you follow God's commands, and so you prove that you actually are the elect. Yeah, very good. That's that's great. That's good stuff. So, cap it off with the very last part of this section, and then we got to wrap it up. We got to yeah. shut it down. Um, for in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh. Like this is the this is the whole goal. The whole goal is you actually be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You you are you are. It's it's. Uh, I like what one commentator said. He said this is no mere skin of the teeth entrance. Like this isn't just by the uh, you know you, you get there just by a hair. Right. <laughs> All right. He says the the picture is of a patron who lavishly celebrates the arrival of a friend or a faithful servant at his home or perhaps of a victor returning to his home city after the Olympic Games and being received with a triumphal welcome. Like if you, this is important. Mm-hmm. Like this is not for someone who... Christianity is not for lazy people. Like it, it's not a lazy man's religion. Like this, is, this is something that you gotta, you got to put every effort into it. You have to strive for it. Um, you're, you're running a race. You're, you're wrestling. You're... you're you're not just boxing the air, right? You're training your body. You're beating your body into submission so that you'll follow Christ. Yeah. Um, Metaphorically beating your body into submission. Right. I like all your little... Right. Well, you got to clarify, you know. <laughs> your little clarification. I got to clarify for those that are red, down, yeah. brown. Right. 
yeah, we're not talking where about where he talks about we're not those talking guys about the that, little whip that yeah, you're that whip beating that your, whip themselves. Your, yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's not what you're talking about. But you're disciplining your body mm-hmm. through supplementing your faith. Yeah, um, because of the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal is crossing the finish line, and and heaven erupts with cheers because you've made it home. Mm-hmm. Um, goodness, if if that's the goal, then what should our effort be? Like we should be putting forth all of our effort into these things. We we put so much time and energy into all of these these transient things. Mm. Like we get hobbies that we just cons- that just consume us. Yeah. And it's it's fine to have hobbies, um, but our all-consuming passion should be running this race and striving to enter into this kingdom. Mm-hmm. And um, I said at the beginning of the sermon, lazy, casual Christians don't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that's that I that's from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Paul says in Galatians chapter five, if you practice these things, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So in in that sense, those that would what you're really getting at is they're not actually Christians. They're not actually Christians. Yeah, if you if you are not obeying what Peter you're like, is saying here, you're you're like the stolen Christ- valor guy. You're puts Christian on the name. He puts on the uniform out in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's never been a soldier. Right. They likes to pretend. Yeah. That's what the lazy Christian is. Right. Yeah. You you take the name of Christ, but you're not actually following Jesus. Mm. You're you're a pretender, and. Um, a pretender doesn't enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's like the it's like the parable that Jesus told of the uh, the marriage the marriage feast, mm. right? The people who were invited, the 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 Jewish nation, they reject it. Mm-hmm. So he sends out his servants, go everywhere and bring people in. So they go out to the the highways and and they bring in all these people. And he comes in the the uh, the host. He comes in and there's a guy who's not wearing the the wedding garment. Mm-hmm. He says, "Sir, how did you get in here?" And the guy has nothing to say, and he says, "Throw him out into the outer darkness." Mm-hmm. Like that's a picture of someone who claims to be a Christian, but they're not clothed in the righteousness of Christ, mm. and they they're not wearing the wedding garment. Yeah, and uh, so they're a pretender, and they get thrown out. <clears throat> Very good, good sermon. So one more. You've got one more. One more. Yeah, verses twelve through twenty-one. Okay. God willing, on Sunday. One more, and then we'll be back in John. We'll be back in John, John chapter seventeen. Yep. So. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks a lot, George. It's a good sermon. Thanks. It's very challenging. Hopefully, it was a blessing to you and it was challenging for you as well. Our hope and our desire that this helps you to become conformed to Christ. Uh, please go to our channel. You can like it. Uh, go on Facebook. You can like and subscribe there and uh, help us get the word out. It's our hope and our desire that this would help you not only to become conformed to Christ, but to help you to engage with your friends and your family members, maybe pass it along to them, have them listen as well, and then get together with them and and talk about it. It could be a a conversation starter for for you guys. So it could help you to uh, spread the gospel. So thanks a bunch for listening. Uh, We love doing this for y'all. Have a great rest of your day. Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye-bye.